2: This is the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Now here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's former NHL defenseman Mark Mathot, who happens to be the acting lifeguard on duty for today's show. Uh, We'll get to more on that in just a moment. But first, this is episode 28 of the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Just a reminder, you can go in now without an appointment and go check them out. Look at the Roush-inspired BFC Customs on their F-150s, their Mustangs, their Rangers. Also coming up, Barhaven Ford is having a demo and a used car clearout on June 17th and 19th. Largest inventory in Ottawa, 555 dealership drive in Barhaven. All right, Math uh, coming up later in the show, Craig is stopping by. He's got some news about some future shows he's going to share with us. God only knows what's going to happen. Uh, also, our guest today in the Whitewater chat is none other than Thomas Shabbat of the Ottawa Senators. The number one defenseman on the team, without question. Uh, the chat brought to you by whitewaterbeer.ca. Don't forget to use the Wally Mathoc coupon code 15% off beer. Go to shop whitewater.ca. And of course, the always popular three for three is back meth. That is brought to you by Faces Magazine. And trivia, trivia, we will have a golf prize back. But first, meth, as you know, always let's get to the headlines. Built by Bonisher Excavating helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. BonisherExcavating.com. Let's go. Number one, nighttime. Vegas advances to the semifinal to face the Montreal Canadiens. The New York Saints. How do the Islanders beat the Bruins? Coaches quips. Bruce Cassidy, the latest in trying to take the heat off his team by taking to the microphone. Sticks and scrums. Meth, I don't get this. The carnage involved in scrums. Why don't players just drop their sticks? And summer loving. Did you actually have any summer jobs? Uh, Let's start with number one, Meth, and that is last night. The New York, the uh, Las Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights—I should say—punched their ticket to the semifinal to face the Montreal Canadiens. Your thoughts Hmm. on what it took to get rid of the President's Trophy-winning team?
1: Yeah, that was quite the series. I, I think a lot of us had, and Wally, I I can't recall if you had Colorado moving on. I believe I did. At least we were teetering back and forth, only because you flip-flopped like a like a (laughs) dead fish. I know. But you know what, it's because I don't like sticking to one pick, you know, like when we're watching and w- let me, let me explain what I'm talking about, you know, going into the playoffs, you have a feeling that a team might do well. And then, you know, a couple games goes by and you can kind of see a team evolve as rounds progress. Right. So it's hard to stick to that one horse when perhaps you're noticing, especially for me, I've got a good pulse on the game. I can see teams evolve, but in any case, so you're, an Vegas expert. T- yeah, no, I'm not an expert. <laughs> Well, <laughs> my opinion will change as things move forward. I mean, in Montreal a good example, but we'll get into that after. I think with Vegas, for me at least, they just figured it out um, defensively. I think their group was stronger. That top four—I'm reluctant to say top four—all six D are so well balanced, and I mean they're they're spreading out minutes between those three pairings. You got great goaltending from Fleury, and 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 I can't stress this enough with Mark Stone. He and you guys, I'm sure everybody that's watching can see it. He's literally dragging his team in a battle. There's times on back checks, like especially in that first period where he's setting the tone by chasing down players, not only stealing the puck, but then making a play, like vintage Mark Stone. And he's so competitive. I mean, it's it's contagious, and that trickles down throughout the lineup. But here's the only issue with flip-flopping is you have to pick your team and
0: stick with it. That's what you do. Like I, yeah, I, as you I, said, I, I could tell early. Like I picked Colorado, no question. You can see it later in the series. Like you know what, Vegas is really
1: starting to move. It's right. Same with Montreal, right? But you can't right. flip. I think you have no, to stay. I, I hear you. I, that's but that's besides the point. I, for me, <laughs> for me, what I'm saying is, forget about our brackets.
4: I yeah. legitimately, well,
1: I, I believe, I believe the better team won this round, and and it's funny because we talked about this during the regular season a little bit. Um, Vegas just seems like they're built for the postseason. They're a little yeah. bit bigger, a little more physical, uh, much better defensively. Colorado's got a, a couple smaller guys on D, not maybe as good as, as clearing out the net front. So for me, that was the best team won. Uh, but what yeah. a matchup this is going to be against Montreal. But the, well, that's the problem with
0: when we went through this. I mean, we flip flop back and forth with these two teams only because they flip-flopped all season long at who's the best team in the National Hockey League, right? Like, sure. That was always yeah. the debate. So it was a great yeah. series to watch. And and really, I don't know if you could go wrong picking either one, but I, I just had to feel like I had to st- stay with Colorado. Again, you have Mark Stone, and you couldn't switch that. So uh, no. you, you win the series. So I will, I will make okay. you... Uh, well, geez- I, I don't...
1: Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing to brag about here Because to be honest. And I think most people would agree it was a coin flip, right? The series was a coin yep. flip yep. head to head during the regular season. They were almost on par with each other. Um, I think in the end, it's just, your captain is contagious and Mark stones, yep. you know, his effort is so like, if I'm on defense and I'm playing on that team and I'm seeing the effort he's putting in, I'm ashamed if I don't at least match that. So again, yes. that's leadership coming through.
0: That all, okay. I'm gonna go right into New York Saints in at number two because that almost leads me into <laughs> how did the Islanders beat the Bruins, and I want to say it's because of their fourth line. And that being, how do you come off or go onto the ice after that fourth line comes off the ice and has dominated a shift, and then not try and replicate the same thing? Right? Like, are they driven by that fourth line?
1: Are we talking about the Islanders with Szezikas, Martin, and Clutterbuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I mean, of course. And that's been the common denominator for most of the, like most of these teams that are, I mean, for the exception of maybe um, which team had their top line. Yeah. For the exception of Colorado, which was heavily relying on their top line. Everybody else, I know, but, but everybody else that's moving on is literally winning by committee. Oh, You're seeing yeah. it right. You're getting production. Yeah. You just, you just mentioned that. So when a line like, and I can only imagine being a D-man, and I've been there playing against some of these guys, like Martin, Tezikas, Clutterbuck, and these guys, this is like the bread and butter now. Now they're in the postseason, and they're actually getting rewarded for that gritty play that they're presenting. So, yeah, I mean, it builds, you can build off that if you're a teammate of theirs, and, and it's just, it's hard to play against. It can wear you down. It's a war of attrition when you're playing in the playoffs. Every little hit that's finished on you, you'll feel that over the course of three, four, five, six games, and it just compounds. So they're building off that and they, and they honestly, Wally, they built a lot of this momentum off of uh, Tuka Rask playing hurt. I mean, let's be honest. This is an opportunity, an opportunity that the Islanders is capitalized on. And and we just found out that Tuka has been playing with a torn labrum. He's been playing yeah. through a torn labrum as a goaltender. So that's, that's impressive. I, I got a hats off to, you know, stick taps to Tuka for playing through that. That's a battle.
0: Yeah. I, does that say that they don't have enough faith in any other goaltender that they have that they're not using ask, or that they're still using two grass? Is it the, bit you're better at 80% than anybody else is at a hundred.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you have to ride your horse, right? That's just all, yeah. unless you're who's been split. I'm trying to think of the team that's been literally sharing the load. Was it who had the first, was it? uh Well, the Islanders used
0: uh and they're the first That's team, right. I think, that's right. right. They used they have one for the goalie in one... round. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So, so I mean, that, you know, unless you have that luxury, which I don't believe a lot of teams do, no, uh, that's no. that's tough. But again, you got you got they're going to match up pretty well against Tampa. I think you got two interesting matchups here with Montreal. Wait, save this okay. for the sports okay.
0: interaction on the points, and we will okay. get to right, breaking down these right, two, right. and then we'll get your take on who's going to win. <laughs> uh, oh, let's yeah. move on then. Number three, coaches' quips, and I always love this. This yeah. is one of the best parts of the playoffs when the coaches get involved and they try to take the heat off the team. We saw it all the time with Pat Quinn, when he faced the Montreal Canadiens. how about Terry and, and Jacques Martin, when they went at it during the Montreal series and Bruce yeah. Cassie, just the latest calling them the New York saints. This is gold stuff. This is what makes the playoffs. I just want to know as a team, do you sense that your coach is trying to take the heat off by taking all the attention away? Or is this actually going to work when the refs show up for the next game and call your team better?
1: Nothing, no one benefits off of your head coach going after the ref, the officiating. We know that look at the numbers. It wasn't just Cassidy. Um, Was it, was it Bednar that complained as well? And then they go on and lose three games. Same with Boston. So, I mean, if you're a numbers guy uh, and and an analytics guy, I think the takeaway here is never go after officiating because if you go after (laughs) officiating, you're literally throwing your team under the bus and, and again, it doesn't do anybody any favors pissing them off because they're controlling the game for the most part. We talk about game management, which was controversial throughout the year. But um, for me, when a coach speaks out a little bit, it's fun, right? We had that yeah. with Paul McLean in Ottawa when there was the back and forth in the Montreal series. That was entertaining. It brings entertainment value to the series for talking points if you're a fan or you're on our side. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's very entertaining. But as a player, when you you hear your coach going after officiating, that can raise some red flags because there's cause for concern there. You don't want to be under the microscope. Uh, And Brian
0: Burke might be the all-time favorite of, right, when he was saying, like, the Sedin's doesn't stand. It's not Swedish yeah. for like punch me, hold me, hook me, all that stuff. Like That <laughs> stuff is so good. Um, oh, I, I love, it. I, 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 love it. I can never get enough of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sticks and scrums. Okay. Math, explain this to me. And I've wanted to know this for years. If you're all going into a scrum, why doesn't anybody drop the stick so that they're That's not easy? Everybody's eating lumber. But, but the thing sure. is, though, when you celebrate a goal, guys are doing it too. Like how many times have you eaten a stick where your team has come in and your teammates hammered you in the face with the stick because he won't put it
4: down.
1: I don't get it. it. Yeah. It happens sometimes, but the goal thing, that's kind of, that's a one-off, but I I think with the scrums, it's pretty simple guys. When you lose your stick, you're basically, you're basically suggesting to your opponent that you're ready to fight with them. And 99% of players in the NHL don't want to fight. So I think it's it's common that you'll see in a scrum guys are holding on to their sticks only because the moment you drop that thing, you're basically suggesting to your opponent, okay, let's let's go. It's time to fight. So it's as simple as that. I'm surprised players don't eat them more often. Yes. But we're so used to we're so used to engaging with players and grabbing onto them with our sticks in our hands that you're just good at avoiding it. It's 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 quite frankly as simple as that. I wish I could add a better no, no, story I- to it, but How many times has a linesman come in and gone, drop your stick? How many times have you been clubbed? It happens with lineys when they come in uh, and they might get caught or there's something that comes really close. You hear them immediately screaming at you and there's an F-bomb thrown in there and it gets your (laughs) attention as a player and you just apologize immediately after the fact and you move on. But again, that's why scrums a lot of times are really stupid. When everybody feels compelled to just grab another player to show that they care, it means nothing. I mean, it's more... It's more of a thing where you're just trying to demonstrate to your teammates that you're engaged and that you're there to defend them. But again, it's 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 more for optics. Uh all right, let's move on. Finally, summer loving.
0: I just have you ever worked? Do you have yeah, this, you was, had, this was had in, a summer
1: job? <laughs> this was an interesting topic because I'm thinking, like, okay, what's this what's the attempt here? I have had jobs though, and and the the more recent full-time job that I had before I started playing pro, I was at I worked at Dallas Lake Marina where I was at the canoe and kayak rentals. And I was there for a few years, at least three or four years. I started when I was uh, 14 and I went on until I was drafted into the NHL. And it's funny because when I was drafted by the Columbus blue jackets, I had to go back to work the next day at the Marine. I'm putting, I'm putting friggin' tourists in canoes and kayaks in the sun all day long, like nightmare. And when I was working occasionally on the uh, Marina side, I'd be pumping crap out of boats. So I'd have to go around to where the pumps are, where the gas uh, pump is, and there was also a crapper pump, and I'd put this long tube into the waste portion of the boat and pump out shit. It was brutal, but uh, yeah, like again, it taught me to appreciate what I currently have now, right? And that was a good wow. learning experience for me. I'm making you know twelve bucks an hour doing that. Um, well, I was probably less than that actually. I believe it was minimum, which was seven eighty nine when I first started, but progressively got higher as I went on. But yeah. Good experience for me. And when I was drafted, the TV station came in that day and (laughs) interviewed me when I was wearing my little... It was on the new R.O. I don't know if that footage can be found anywhere, but it's hilarious. And, uh, and then shortly after that interview, the boss decided to treat me to a free lunch upstairs. (laughs) Nice. Now, did you have your name on your shirt? No, there was no name tags, but again, it said Dallas Lake Marina and it was my work shirt and I would do pull-ups often during the day on the bars that we had there and little workouts (laughs) in the sun. It was fun. I, what else did you do? Are you not a certified lifeguard? I delivered the penny saver. Yes. Sorry. I'm also a lifeguard. I did my NLS. I got my NLS done when I was uh, in my early teens. My brother actually ended up becoming a lifeguard. He did it as well. I never, it never really amounted to anything with me, but I'm also a certified lifeguard. Um, I didn't enjoy it. We had this swim test we had to do to, to get there. And I had to do that for my bronze medallion, my bronze cross. Those are the two steps before getting your full certification. And you had to do laps in an Olympic sized pool. And I think it was like, I want to say it was like 12 to 18 laps. I forget the number, but I was gassed. And I was probably one of the only actual athletes, but because I carried a lot of muscle mass, I wasn't buoyant at all, right? So I'm swimming Chris grasping for air, but a good life experience. Leave it at
0: that. I uh on that note, I uh was in university and I was taking phys ed and you had to do a swimming test and we had a swimming class, oh, and I was had to do the breaststroke and I couldn't. So I just, yeah. I stopped one lap in. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of the pool. <laughs> well, um,
1: you, you couldn't but, do the
0: breaststroke? <laughs> no, I just couldn't figure it. I, it's too weird. I was into the doggy uh, And um, yeah, Oh God, that's embarrassing. So my first, I want to say, I, you talk about minimum wage. I think my first was either $4 or four twenty-five an hour. I worked at Canadian Tire. Nice. That's great. I, I ended that's up, a good job. Oh, it was fantastic. I was employee of the okay. month, September 1990. Is, wow. Um, yeah. I have a name tag. Anyway, I have... 19 stitches and a broken toe and a missing toenail from working at Canadian Tire.
1: <laughs> Workers yeah.
0: cup. Was that a thing? Oh, I got then? like 400 <laughs> bucks when they crushed my foot. So I got like five stitches here and 19 yeah. on my elbow. Or, oh yeah. Nice. A mess. nice. Anyway. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. The doctors all knew me at the hospital. Uh, I was like Tim <laughs> Allen for crying out loud. Uh, well, you
1: had your, you had your Canadian Tire shirt on last episode. So it was perfect.
0: <laughs> that was Petro Canada
1: and it's different. Oh Yeah. My bad, uh, my bad. I All do right, have
0: right. my, you know what? I'm going to find it. I have my name tag from that when I was Employee of the Month. I'm going to wear it next episode. Um, awesome. Yeah, those are the headlines brought to you by Bonisher Excavating, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. BonisherExcavating.com. All right, uh, time for a quick break. When we come back, Thomas Shabbat interview, coined by WhitewaterBeer.ca. Use the Wally coupon. Don't forget they have free home delivery. Whitewater brewed by friends for friends. Uh, again, try that. Don Patrol. I know Meth just tried it the other day. Um, really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. You're watching the Wally Mathacho, powered by Barhaven Ford. Barhaven Ford celebrating their one-year anniversary this month. They want to celebrate by giving away up to two grand in incentives as a gratitude gift for their anniversary special. Stop in today, 555 dealership drive in Barhaven. We'll be right back after this. Welcome, Thomas Shabbat. It's good to see you again, my friend. It's been a, It's been a long time. How's the summer going?
2: It's been good it's been good uh obviously with uh, everything going on uh not much uh, really going on other than golf but uh no it's been good the weather's been nice so it's been uh nice to enjoy some time off
0: you missed i think the last four games of that regular season with an injury how long did it take you to get healed and get i guess swinging the clubs
2: uh it took me a little bit longer than expected obviously as soon as this season ends usually that's what the kind of the first thing you want to do is, is get out there and play some golf and play and do something different. But, uh, but obviously now I'm feeling a lot better. Um, took a couple of weeks of doing some rehab and everything, but uh, now it's all good and and feeling good.
1: Shabby, where are you right now? Are you in Ottawa or are you back yeah. home? No, I'm in Ottawa. Okay. Right on. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, we'll have to get out and golf then. I'll have to bring you out. Yeah. Oh, I've, I haven't gotten invited once yet, Shabby. So I guess you're way up. I haven't gone. I way. haven't gone out. I haven't. Because of this show and how busy we are, I literally haven't golfed once yet either, Brent. So it's it's all good. We'll go together. (laughs) Yeah, I was just, my feelings were hurt. That's okay. Um, One thing,
0: Shabby, is uh, were you disappointed at the end of the year with the way the team was playing? Obviously disappointed to get hurt, but not to be in those final four games with the way Ottawa had played. I think in the last stretch, the last 12 games of the regular season, Ottawa was the second best winning percentage team in the entire National Hockey League.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean... um looking back on the season that's always one of the things is so much fun by the end of the season just the way we were playing um, not that we were necessarily winning every single game but just the way that uh, we were coming out every night and really battling and, and showing that we could play against any other teams um, obviously we definitely had our our issues against Edmonton this year and, and going 0-9 against them but um, <laughs> other other than that we we've proved that we can have some success against teams that uh, I mean, you see it in playoffs now. Those teams are winning rounds, and we've had some success against those teams. So, um, obviously, it always sucks to get hurt. I mean, any anybody, any occupier would tell you the same thing. You never want to be sitting in the stands and watch a game. You kind of just want to be out there and play with those guys.
1: Wally, or Wally, Shabby, what changed? Because Wally was talking about the little streak there at the end. Obviously, you guys struggled at the beginning of the year. That was to be expected, I think, for the most part. But then things really flipped. What was that turning point, or is there a, like a moment you could think of to kind of change things during the year and for the better?
2: yeah, you know what it's kind of um it's it's not necessarily a moment I think it's mostly as a group we kind of just realized that we're that we're actually good and like I think when we started yeah. the season we uh we knew we were gonna face those big teams that all made the the bubble last summer and they all uh won a round in the playoffs or whatever it might be so I think we were kind of maybe sent back a little bit to start the season, kind of not scared, but kind of a little bit shy at first. And um, I think as the season came around, we kind of realized that, okay, we, we, we are young, but we do have a lot of talent. We do have a lot of very talented players and we can do something as a group. And and I think we kind of just took off from there. I think our younger guys Mm -hmm. are really stepped up in the role they were put in and um, I think that kind of led us to, to finish in the, what, the last 30, 35 games uh, really well.
0: The, did you guys have a belief in the room at coming down the stretcher? Like, if we had gotten off to a better stretch here or a better start, we probably could be in the postseason. And then on top of that, when you see that you're 6-3-1 and against the Montreal Canadiens this year, could the Ottawa Senators have been the champions of the North?
2: I mean, it's hard not to to think about it, seeing Montreal win those rounds right now. But uh, but no, I think that was the biggest thing finishing the season that kind of hurt the most is uh, knowing that in the first 15 games, if we would have won, we won two. So if we would have won maybe five or six, not even going uh, 500, then maybe we would have been a point or two points out of the playoff spot uh, down the stretch, let's say, with five or six games left. So um, no, that that was definitely one thing that kind of, kind of hurt at the end of the season knowing that if we were uh, we would have won a few more games starting the season we could have been in the mix and obviously now seeing Montreal win uh, every one I'm definitely not saying that we would have done the same thing because it's not that easy but uh, we definitely did have some success against those guys this year and um, during the season so obviously I think it comes back to what I was saying earlier we're such a young group and I think that's just a learning curve for us to realize that when the season starts it it matters right now on game one
1: and then, and on that note, Shabby, when you talk about being a young group and this, I mean, this is a tough question, I'm sure, but like, as far as leadership goes, do you feel like you guys have that right now in the room or do you feel like you're, cause you've been around long enough now. I know you're still very young, obviously, yeah. but do you feel like you're missing still like a couple really good veterans to come in and perhaps help out with that? Like you saw with Montreal, or do you guys feel pretty confident with the group you have right now? Obviously I do
2: feel like we, we have some good leadership in the room, but um, I mean, you 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 know it as well. You've been you you went along for so uh, around so long that it's you do need some older guys at the same time to kind of guide you because we yeah uh, do I truly even though it's either myself or Josh Norris or those guys or Brady even uh, that we do consider ourselves as leaders. But at the end of the day, yeah. uh, when you're young you, and and things don't go your way, you do kind of get emotional, and that's when the older guys really. Um, help you kind of get over that and obviously um, we do we did add in a few pieces this year early on this year with Steppen, with Colburn with Goodbranson uh, don't want to forget guys but they, yeah. they do definitely help us as, as younger guys and and uh, more than often it's we we definitely do want to take the role that we're in and I, I do like to say that I like to be a leader for, for this team but at the same time you do need help from older guys that have been around for a while and, and obviously, like you said, it's only my fourth year in this league and uh, you're learning every year. And I'm not ready to say that, that I've seen it all right now.
1: Yeah, I feel like your four years, though, in the league with the ice time you're playing is probably the equivalent of my 10 years. So it's OK. <laughs> and I'm sure you're a great leader And that. I wasn't implying that you guys need guys to be the captain. It's clear to me that you and Brady are the two guys right now. I just. So, you know, as when you're watching a team like Montreal, having those like role guys that can come in and actually play well and help with leadership is always helpful. That's why I brought yeah, it up. So. Yeah, no,
2: that's why that you're, you're right on it. I think it's not necessarily about being, and being a captain obviously is always a great honor. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's great. But at the yeah. end of the day, you, you know what a locker room is and sometimes some guys never wear a letter or anything and they're still the guys I that agree. are stepping up and helping everyone. So Um, yes it's it is a huge honor and that'd be great for everything but um, I mean at the end of the day having older guys around and helping you um, every other game or whatever it's going well or whenever it's not going well it's always good to have
0: yeah well said on it kind of circling back to the playoff thing you have never played a playoff game and I'm curious of how much you've thought about this team eventually making it into the postseason
2: a lot to be honest I think it's um, it's it's very it's we're looking forward to next season for sure. I mean, we're still going to be young and we're going to have a lot of guys on their second year in the NHL, which everybody always says it's the hardest one uh, uh, to get through. But um, I mean, I think at the same time, it's kind of time for us to to, to start bidding on ourselves a little bit and and take a step ahead. Um, Yeah. We're young and yes, we're not all over 26, 27, 28 years old. But I mean, at the end of the day, we, uh, we've been together long enough now that I think it's, it'd be good for us to take a step and really, uh, prove that we can be there. And we've shown that this year we came close and, um, obviously we want to even keep that going and really make it happen next year. But I mean, at the same time, it always comes back to, we, we can't, um, look at ourselves like a Tampa Bay lightning or Colorado avalanche. We got to know where our position is too, but, um, I mean, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to make the playoffs. That's, that's our goal every season for sure.
0: One of the things I will even say the organization has talked about, and it goes down even to Troy man and Belleville is trying to create a winning atmosphere. So that last two months where you guys were, I think 12th overall in the league, how important was it as you go into the off season of tr- creating that winning culture of knowing that you can start to turn this
2: around? It's huge for sure. Um, I mean, any year that it's it, you're not winning many games, it's it gets hard. It gets hard to go to the rank and uh, it's not always easy. And um, when you start winning games, everybody comes back, whether you had a goal or you didn't score for five, six, seven games straight. I think you still come back to the rank and you feel good about yourself. You're happy to be there, and practices are better. Um, so I think all that together is huge for sure. For us to finish the season the way we did, it's it's a big step for us and, and really shows that uh, we do have the right pieces, but obviously we, we want to keep adding um, over the next couple of years to, to really take that core group that we keep talking about over the last couple of years to, to really take a step all altogether and really build a team that we can uh, not only make playoffs, but really become a team that makes it um, every year.
0: You have played the most ice. You've averaged the most ice time in the NHL of the last two years, 26 minutes and seven seconds. You led last year, two years ago, and you were second this year. Do you sleep for like a week straight once the season's over?
2: <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I don't know. A lot of people ask me that question, to be honest. And my answer is I, I, I don't really know how that's ha- that that just happens. I, just, I guess it's just the way I am. I don't, uh, I don't really get tired um, out there. I do... Obviously on those long shifts and everything, but I do, I've always kind of been like that. I've always skated for hours and hours, whether it was in, in a hockey game or I was when I was a kid at the outdoor rink outside during the winter. So I don't know. I don't, I never really had an answer for that one. I'd like to to, to say that I do work really, really hard in the gym and that's what <laughs> happens. But I mean, it's, it's not, it's not where it's coming from for sure. It's just the way I am, I guess.
1: Does that, change, does that change your approach then for the summer, like for training and stuff like that? Like, are you going to take an extended period off like a month and then get back into it? And when you do get back into it, do you focus on different stuff? Like when I was playing and I was coming into the league, the narrative was always, you got to put on 10 to 20 pounds of muscle. You need to be strong and heavier. And I feel like it's changed now and it's all about speed and finesse, right? So is your approach any any different now, knowing that you have to take on that big load during the year? Um, a little bit, but at the same time, I
2: mean, you guys see me, I'm not the biggest guy. So my goal in the, every single summer is always trying to put weight on and get stronger yeah. <laughs> and all those things. Right. Cause, um, yeah. cause I definitely do need it. But, um, at the same time, I've I kind of always been doing the same thing the last couple of years and working out, you know, how it is, you kind of get in your routine and you do, uh, you work with the same people and you skate with the yeah. same guys. So um, I've kind of kept that going and, and that's definitely one thing back home in Quebec where I work out, we definitely do a lot of cardio. It's a lot of running and um, which kind of makes it hard to put weight on at the same time. But um, yeah. I mean, with, with everything that we have now, uh, uh, from protein to, to tools to, to help you, I think it's kind of a bit easier now to put some weight on, but um, at the same time, it's, it's a good thing. You said that because you definitely want to put weight on, but at the same time you don't want to lose your skating uh, you don't want to come back too heavy, and now you're slow on the ice. And
1: exactly,
2: um, but those are the things I, I think. Every summer, it comes back to the same thing: Can, uh, keep trying to get stronger and everything.
0: Do you lose a lot of weight during the year because you skate so much? And and even this year is c- compacted so much. Is it tough for you to keep weight on? Like what? How much did you lose from the beginning? From the beginning to the end, was there much?
2: You know what? I've only lost two pounds during the season. Um, but the biggest thing would be before a game, I usually weigh in around 194 ish. And after the game, I'd be probably be 191, 190, sometimes lose three to four pounds in one game. But I mean, most of the time it's mostly just water and you haven't had food since what one o'clock in the afternoon. So as soon as you eat, you kind of get that back. But, uh, no, my first, my first two years in the league, I used to lose five, six, seven pounds uh, especially my second year in the league when I started playing a bit more, uh, again, more ice time, I lost a lot of weight and I kind of, with Schwartzy and Rob, uh, uh in the gym, kind of, we kind of try and, and get that to, to, to keep the weight all season long.
0: Nice. Uh, you're, you talk about your first couple of years in the league, Mark Crawford was the D coach. Now I'm told he was very hard on you. Uh, we haven't had this discussion. I don't think ever. So. Was he extremely hard on you or did you two get along and was he, what was he like as a coach for you?
2: You know what? He was, he was, he was definitely hard on guys. That's, that's for sure. And everybody knows that, but um, in some ways, when he was hard, it was always trying to get the best out of you. It wasn't, it wasn't in the way that uh, he wanted to make you think you're the worst hockey player. It was, it was the total opposite. Actually, it was about uh, trying to push yourself and trying to be better. And obviously when you're, your first year in the league, you kind of just sit in the room. You don't really talk to anyone. You kind of just sit in your spot quiet and uh, (laughs) to have Mark there to, to kind of give it to you at times. It definitely does get hurt, but I always come back and saying that um, I was lucky enough to be there with, with uh, Brass was there. Pedro was there. We had a bunch of guys there to help me out. Alex Burroughs was there too. Um, The the, the French crew really helped me to, to kind of stay there, but, I mean, the the two years I had him, it was definitely it, it was great. Like he he is hard on you, but at the same time, he just wants you to keep on getting better and and kind of keep keep improving in your game. And it's always it's always been something I I appreciate it for sure.
0: Which player in that room that I I think you've played with ninety one skaters or something like that over the tenure of your career with Ottawa? Has there been anyone that's really been I guess the biggest influence in the way that you play the game
2: you know what my, my my first year in the league and the chance to play with eric was definitely one of the biggest uh the, the biggest thing my career so far just uh being a kid and watching him on tv and seeing him do those crazy plays but now to actually be on the ice and and seeing him do him while i'm on the ice with him was definitely uh was the, definitely something pretty cool but i mean there's a lot of it uh along the way there's uh I mean, Pedro was was huge for me. I think my years here uh, before he, he left. Uh he, he was just I mean, Pedro's just like just the way he plays the game. He's just so smart. He's just works his bag off every day. Um and obviously off the ice, he's just the the, the best guy, it's just the funniest guy. So I mean, to be around him was definitely uh one of the guys that that I thank a lot for sure. Who are you
0: cheering? Which former Ottawa senator are you cheering for most in the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup? Now,
2: right now, it'd be, it'd be Pedro, yeah, for sure. It's been texting action. him a little bit, yeah.
0: And I mean, he's playing extremely well. Is he? Has he talked about how well he's played? And I know that seems like an odd. No, question. he'll he'll
2: never he'll never talk about it. But I mean, that's that's Pager. That's just yeah. playoffs when playoffs come around. He's just. I don't know what he eats before game one or whatever, but it <laughs> he just turns into some different and he just just turns it on. That's that's a, that's what he does. Yeah.
1: And you don't Chicken ever pie. gloat Yeah, and I was gonna say you don't ever gloat about it. Like when when you're in the middle of the playoffs and you're maybe you are playing very well, people aren't like people are trying to get a hold of you and talk to you, but you almost disconnect from everybody, right? Like you don't you don't want to acknowledge what's happening on the ice. I found just pretending like it was I separated myself from all those people made it easy. I feel like Pedro's taking that approach. He's just kind of going day to day, worried about the hockey and not worried about all the outside noise.
2: Yeah, that's probably what he does. And he, he he's always been good at that, too, I think, with even, I mean,
1: very good at playoffs.
2: It. I've never played in playoffs with him, but just like in, in the season, he kind of just he definitely does a lot for the community when he was here in Ottawa. But at the same time, he kind of just when it's time to play hockey or it's time to practice, he just full just does that. And then when it's time to take care of something else, he kind of just goes and 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 does it yeah i agree with that good point
0: uh let's get to the world championships i don't know if this is a sore spot for you or one that you're happy to see your teammates in nick paul and connor brown and jacob bernard docker of course all the support (laughs) staff win the gold when you should have been there uh but the injury
2: kept you out so a
0: little disappointed
2: well you know what for sure i was disappointed um at the same time they 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 wanted me there and i wanted to go as well but um i guess they didn't they definitely didn't need me out there so (laughs) they they got they got it done so that was good but no i mean um to see the tournament how they they obviously won the gold medal when i watched it on tv and i saw them winning obviously it kind of hurt because knowing that i that i really i wanted to be there and i wanted to play the uh, that tournament and i've obviously never won that tournament as well so it would have been pretty cool but um at the same time it's just cool to see those guys i mean we had uh johnny and dom that were there uh for the staff that've been there a few times but al alex was there for alex. the first time and he's a hundred percent there He's just keeps he just wins gold anytime he goes i guess so <laughs> um and to see i mean that overtime goal to to see uh, Connor Brown and Nick Paul connecting there for the winning goal, the golden goal. I think it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was fun to watch yeah. and I'm uh, very happy for those guys for sure.
0: I, people don't understand how great the world championships is. And Mark and I talk about it all the time on the show, because we've both been there and I know you were there in 2019 uh, finishing second and losing that tough one in the gold medal game, just how great that tournament is. And, and obviously the feeling uh, of them getting to throw their gloves in the air. It's almost like, you're a kid again you get just have a yard sale all over the ice of what that moment must be like for them
2: yeah no it's 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 so much fun especially the the biggest thing for me was the first time right there is to see how different the crowd and everything is too it's just an experience to go there um plus you get the chance to, to play hockey probably somewhere you'll never get the chance to do so so uh the whole experience is is it's just a blast. The off the ice part is even better too. We just get to know guys that um, you'll probably never get the chance to play with. And uh, we hang out a lot and it's, 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 it's a fun time, the, the, the entire experience. And obviously for those guys to finish it by um, throwing their gloves up in the air, I mean, it's, it just makes it even better. And it's a whole celebration with the, the gold little sparkles, the uh, sparkling or sparkles, whatever you call those that need the toss on the ice at the end for the team picture. I think. Uh, it's, it's just a cool experience. It's a lot of fun for sure.
1: It's, it's also really long and, and shabby you're super positive. You're a much more positive guy than I am. So I, so I commend you for that because I can be very negative. Everyone knows that that that's four weeks and you're in that little hotel and there's no – like, you obviously, you're going around the streets a little bit and you're seeing the area, which is awesome. But I feel like by week three, with me at least, you just sit there and you've already played, like, 10 games. And you're like, oh, my God, this is this is a grind. And you just finished an 82-game year in the NHL, right? So, anyway, good on you yeah, for being it does, very positive it about it. does it
2: does. It definitely <laughs> does get – it definitely does get a little long, especially, I mean, yeah. you always get up for those games against Russia, States, yes. and those, the big you know games. what I mean? And then yeah. the smaller countries, obviously, it's it's fun to see them and get the chance to play against them. But right. at the same time, when you're done, like you said, after playing 82 games, you kind of just want to get to the actual stuff, to the medal rounds and play those games yeah. and play the big games that actually really matters.
0: Yeah. yeah. In, you were in Slovakia and you were in Kusice, which is the smaller town of the two. Were you tired of walking that main street all the time? Cause there's not, that's where you, it's the only place you could go.
2: Yeah. There's only the one street, but um, yeah. So CJ is same,
1: great though. It's a great city. Yeah. And we actually had a blast there, but the, yeah. there's
2: only the one street that we kept just walking there. <laughs> yeah. um, there's what, maybe five or six restaurants. So yeah. when you're yeah. there for over 20 days then you, ate at them for probably 10 times each for <laughs> lunch gets old, and dinner. so um but no it was fun it's uh it's always a fun time especially the time bringing your family in too I always bring my mom in uh with me and and my girlfriend also comes but uh, just my mom to have the chance to kind of go there she's just loving every minute of it uh, like Mark said we've already been there for two weeks you're kind of just tired of of everything but uh, but no, when you get there, it's always a, it's always a fun time. It means that the yeah. you get in the quarterfinals and everything too. So it always uh, so it's just a fun experience overall.
1: Uh,
0: this is supposed to lead now to the Olympics, right? You're going to be on this team just as a part of a stepping stone to the Olympics. Do you get it a little more excited knowing that the Olympics looks like the NHL may be on board here?
2: Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean the last time we watched, I remember the last Olympics and. Watching the hockey games just wasn't the same. Like um, as a kid, watching them and and seeing all the best Canadian players going at it against the other country. I mean, it was just it was just great. I mean, when we remember the World Cup they did, I know it's not the Olympics, but just the level of hockey and the talent of hockey players that the, the that they play on the ice is just special. So um, obviously, if the NHL players go to the Olympics, it will definitely be uh, uh, fun the fun to watch.
0: Is it fun to see your name always being mentioned in the top eight?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely uh, huge. I mean, we're it's it's always a bit harder at times. Like we were talking earlier, I still haven't played one playoff games and four in the AHL, and obviously that's a tournament of you got to win every single game, and it's just a one game. It's not even a playoff series or anything. So, um, but no, it's definitely an honor to see your name there, and that's definitely something that I I don't. I don't think about every day, but if I do have the chance to be there, um, it definitely be great and be a fun experience for sure. Uh,
0: when I think of the Olympics and what all that transpires, like, has, do you spend much time thinking about it and leading up to it? And I mean, every year there's a team Canada Olympic team, all these pundits talking about it. Like, do you just go about your business? Do you, Is there anything that – does it cause any extra stress in
2: your game? Not really, to be honest with you. It's just – I mean, anybody can – there could be 12 people that put me on the team, but if the the GM of the team doesn't take me on the team, then it doesn't matter what uh, everybody else is thinking at the end of the day, right? So uh, that's kind of the way I see it. I mean, I don't put pressure really on myself. I just kind of try and focus on – on my season and, and the, with the Ottawa Senators. And then if it happens, then uh, great. Obviously, that's going to be a, a fun experience. And I definitely, I definitely would want to go, but um, I wouldn't be ready to, to say that I put pressure on myself. No, I just, I'm just going to go out there next season and try and play my best. And if I make the team, then that'll be definitely really awesome. If not, then um, roll up the sleeves and, and keep working. And hopefully the next ones, uh, I'll be there.
0: Uh, you always put yourself out there you're you're on social media you like to be part of the community you've seen a lot of stuff i'm sure lately of social media whether it's mark shifley and talking about his parents getting threats and all this stuff that's going on where do you like how do you manage your social media and how you handle all the negative stuff that comes your way
2: yeah i mean that's it always that's that's one of the issues nowadays with social media is uh um I mean, everybody is allowed to have an opinion, but everybody kind of has an opinion in the way you play and the way you do things on the ice. And which I think is fair. I mean, that's, that's fine. I'm not getting offended by that, but uh, like Mark Shifley said that people are going after his family and his parents. I mean, that's kind of pushing it a little far. I think it's at the end of the day, Mark is the hockey player. Our parents are, were there to support us our whole life. They don't, Uh, really need to to know that that the guy from Guelph Ontario hates hates my parents you know what I mean like I I don't think my parents really need to to hear that um but I mean social media it is what it is nowadays it's 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 you know it's on Instagram people are going to say what they think about you and um you you got to manage it and those is obviously if if you can't handle it um if you can't handle the negative parts, then don't be on social media. But at the same time, when when things are going well, it's it's also a lot of fun. You get a lot of support from a lot of fans, and they really um, they really tell you how good you are. So I mean, it's it's both ways. But um, I mean, we're we're in a we're in a world that ho- we're in a country that hockey is the biggest sport. So you're not always going to be the best hockey player and you're not, it's not always going to be perfect. And I think you got to kind of got to expect that going into uh, social media.
3: Do you,
0: I, I, I thought of this year in social media, I think you took a little bit of a hit where people said you struggled an awful lot. A, did you feel like your year was a bit more of a struggle and just so we're clear, meth picked you as the team MVP,
2: by the way. Appreciate that. True. Matt. That's true. Um, uh, but no, yeah, it definitely. It definitely was hard at, uh, at times. I I'm never, and, and like I said, during the season, a few games, I made a mistake late in the, in, in the game and, um, I don't shy away from it. I mean, it's not the first mistake I've made and it's, yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll be the last one, but it probably won't be. Um, and, and that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it, I'm a guy that likes to, to carry the play and make plays and be the guy with the puck and, if we're down a goal I want to be the guy out there if if we uh, if whatever situation it might be I want to be the guy out there making it happen and um, obviously when it works then everything's fine and when it doesn't work then obviously you're going to take a lot of heat from it so um, I mean it's 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 the way it is and obviously my season went went good uh, at times and it went bad at times and um, I mean that just that just makes me a better player I think at the end of the day we're trying to learn and uh, we're in a situation right now that we're not pressured to make playoffs so it's the time to make those mistakes it's the time to uh, to keep on learning and growing as a player and, and, and I think that's what happened this year I wouldn't be ready to say that um, I had a bad season and I'm far away from that but I definitely do think that there's a few games that I could have been a bit better but Um, it is what it is I mean it's 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 the hockey world and you got to perform every night
1: yeah and and I think in your case and and you handle it so well Shabby like hats off to you because you do handle the criticism well and I think a lot of it is unfair because what a lot of people don't understand is that when a team is struggling and you're playing 30 minutes a night you're going to be getting some minuses like you're going to be exposed to a lot of the bad stuff that's happening on the ice right so I think think most people that have a pretty decent mind for the game understand that but you guys we were talking about this earlier with social media I think it's just it's that very loud vocal minority of people that just want to spew nonsense and be negative and I don't think it's a fair shake so just just so you know you handle it very well and you're very much captain-like in your responses so well done.
2: (laughs) Thank you appreciate that but no you said it. I mean social media is a big thing but I mean, as much as there there's people saying how bad you were last night, whatever game it might have been, um, as much as there's people sending you DMs saying, "Oh no, you're the best player," you're blah blah blah, even though it's not going great for you. So, it's 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 never going to be perfect, but um, but no, I mean, it's it's part of it. It's part of the game. You've been through it, meth, and and you know how it is, and and so, social media now, especially this year. I mean, this year was such a tough year for everyone and hockey was the one thing on TV every night. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I respect everybody's opinion and and that's fine. And at the end of the day, you're the one going out there every night. And uh, one night they, they didn't like the way you play, but the next night they're still cheering for you and they want, they want you to be the best for that team.
1: Yeah, and, and do you guys point. talk about that during the year? Sorry, Wally, I, I just yeah. wanted to ask this last one on this topic with social media. Shabby, do you guys talk about it now? as far as like, you got a very young group in that, in that team, in that locker room, does the coach, does DJ or anybody come in before the season started and address social media with the young players? Cause I feel like that could have a serious effect on your game. If at that age, without really knowing or understanding, right. Cause it can be very overwhelming for a young player. Did anybody address that at any point? No one really addresses it. Um,
2: I think we just kind of help each other. I mean, we're not, we we all have an iPhone now. We all have Instagram, yeah. all those things on it. Like you can say you don't have Twitter, but guys still look at it. Right. It's just, the way the we live now. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it, that's the way it is. And, and I mean, yeah. you, you're, you're not dumb either. Like if you open up Twitter, you open up something, you see if, if I'm getting like, let's say it's you and you see I'm getting roasted on Twitter, you'll see it. So I think we kind of just help each other with it. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world either most of the time what's nice about hockey is you play hockey 48 hours later so you don't really have to think about it too long and um, and then most of the time after the first shift you don't really you don't think before a hockey game what whoever said on twitter about you I think yeah. it's, yes sure you enough. do after a tough game but then the next day it's just okay whatever it's you move on and you keep playing and I mean, it, it's part of it. It's it's grown bigger, social media. So I guess now we, we, we're just going with it. I mean, it's part of our lives now.
0: Yeah. Is your uh, Twitter burner account hot Sam 72 <laughs> by chance? No, it's not.
2: No. That could be a good one, though. Be a good <laughs> no one would ever that. figure it
0: out. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. You talked about everybody helping each other out in the room. This team now, uh, now that some veterans have been moved out, is ridiculously young. And you've got guys with great personalities. It seems like Nick Paul and Tim Stutzla and Brady and Colin White and all the, and you like, what is this room like now? Uh, it just seems we make a big deal of it, but I actually, I, I think it's underrated of how close you guys probably are.
2: Yeah. It's especially this year being in kind of like the the bubble no. uh, type thing, mostly having dinner with everyone every night and, um, just hanging out together in the lounge all day long. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It's a, it's it's a blast for sure. I mean, every guy in the room is what from twenty seven to to eighteen, nineteen years old. So I mean, we're all in the same kind of place in our life, and um I mean, no, it's it's a lot of fun. We have we have so much fun in practices. We uh, when it's time to work, we work, but we we just make it fun every day, and we're uh, in some ways. Uh, Kind of immature a little bit because we just have so much fun all the time. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's 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 such a good group of guys. We like you said we have some guys like Paulie and Whitey that just keep the the room entertained at all times, and and they just always have something to say about everything, and it just makes things so much fun every day to um, to get in the locker room, and you know there's going to be some kind of argument in between Connor Brown or Chris Tierney and Nick Paul. <laughs> so it's just it's just a blast every day and um no we definitely do have a lot of fun yeah
0: if you had to take a five-hour car ride with nick paul and colin white who's the first guy to get kicked out of
2: the car Ooh, probably be whitey because whitey just talks. <laughs> he just talks talks and he always has something to say and he thinks he's right all the time too which makes it even <laughs> better um probably oh, be, it would be whitey because paulie Paulie talks a lot, but he knows when it's time when everybody's quiet. He knows how to be quiet, but Whitey just always loves to talk to everybody. He's he's the best.
1: How big is Paulie? Just because I don't want to lose sight of him just for a second, and you're obviously the right person to ask. How much has his game improved in your eyes at least over the last couple seasons now that he's a full-time established player and you saw him at the Worlds playing very well there too? Like, What are your thoughts on him and the season he's had and his role moving forward?
2: No, it's been big. And and, I mean, you guys saw it. He's, he's been wearing the A for a big part of the season as well. So um, no, he, he, I mean, I wasn't there the first time he got to to Ottawa, obviously, but uh, from the time I've been, I've known him for what, six, seven years now and uh, his game's grown so much. I think he's realizing how uh, good of a player he is now and he's getting more confident with the puck and he knows, I mean, look at the size on him anytime, any night he goes in the corner, like, defenseman can't move him. He's heavy, he's strong. Uh, I work out with him in the summer and it's just, it's everything seems easy for him. It's just, he's, he's, he's a horse, man. He's, he's really good too. Um, I mean, playing hockey, I think he's, he grew a lot this year. He plays, he plays PK and he plays his role really well. And I think he's, he's done a great job for us. And I think it's just starting. We, uh, he's going to be a big part of our team if one day we win and, um, yeah. I think he's kind of realized that a bit more now.
1: Is he is he still crushing the fitness tests? I never knew that about Paulie. Like I had no idea when I was there that he was always finishing at the top. But apparently he's just destroying all the tests. Is that true or is that exaggerated?
2: No, it's true, man. It's it's everything. I swear to God. Like I worked out with him last summer, and everything you do is like just super easy with him. For <laughs> for him, I guess. And and we always joke around and who, who's the better athlete? And and he's just he's just, just a full on athlete, any sports, anything we play ping pong, he's good, whatever it might be. Uh, other than cards on the plane, he's really good <laughs> at everything
1: else. Oh, that's great.
2: Uh,
0: you live with Brady Kuch- or you room with Brady Kachuk for one or two years. I can't remember now, but uh, are you a little disappointed that you don't live in the frat house with Norris and Stutzla and Brady?
2: actually you know what no I'm kind of nice on my house doing the, <laughs> those nice home-cooked meal and everything's good uh but no I always I went a few times last year it's just it's it's fun to see those guys all together and they I mean it's it's it, it goes from Norris and and Brady they obviously have been knowing each other for for years and now you have that Jimmy who just um I guess I guess I've heard a lot of from those guys that jimmy is not too much to handle because apparently he just sleeps all day long and he just <laughs> naps from 5 p.m to 8 p.m i've never seen anyone do that before and just shut it right back down at 10:30. so i guess he's not a whole lot to take care of but uh no i guess from from the stories we've heard these guys have been having a blast living all together
0: What's your reaction to seeing uh, all the fans and kids show up the day that, uh, and throw all the hats when he got his hat trick in the backyard?
2: It was amazing to see that. Uh, Obviously that's, that's always the thing that comes back from last season is we miss the fans like playing in empty buildings. It's just not the same thing at all. It's, it's, it's always harder to get up for. And um, I mean, fans don't realize how big of an impact they have in a game. And, uh meth would know he, he probably even worse in playoffs i mean i've never played a playoff game but uh, when the building gets really really loud they can change the game themselves so um to see them go and and do that to jimmy i mean jimmy was it's 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 awesome to see how um even though after those years that we we did struggle to see fans keep sticking with us and uh believing that we'll be a good team uh eventually and we'll have a lot of success um uh, to see them do that for, for Tim, it was definitely cool.
0: Did you miss not having Brady as your roommate?
2: You know what? I, I thought I did starting the season. Uh, I thought I was going to miss a roommate, but, uh, being on your own in your own room, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's nice. You get a lot of quiet time and long time. And, um, but no, I did, I did miss, I mean, Colin White's not going to be happy for me saying that one that I did miss Brady as a roommate, but, um, But no, it was, it was it was fun. It was fun. Mostly, uh, be, having a roommate was fun after games to just kind of just talk about everything else. But hockey to get you asleep and kind of get your mind off it. Uh, now being in your own room, you kind of tend to think a bit longer about it. But um, but no, we do we we do s- still hang out a lot together. Like I said, this year we were in that bubble, so after every game we get together. Uh, most of the guys on the team and and we just kind of hang out and have fun.
0: All right. Just give us the lowdown. No, one's going to see this. Um, Is how much have you talked to Brady about the contract?
2: You know what? I've uh, (laughs) talked a little bit with them, but um, I'll let, I'll let him answer that question to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: She just put the C on you already. Um, Okay. Uh, Some off uh, out of the rink questions, if you will. I, do you have like a specific French cuisine that you liked a dish that you like to have?
2: Wow, oh, that's a good question. My favorite dish to have is lasagna for some reason. oh, I don't know where that came from. It's not like we did eat some growing up, but like not a crazy long. Like we did eat it once in a while, but for some reason, it's always the thing that I want. I just, I just love lasagna. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> now is this a pre-game meal at all? No, it's not okay. a pregame meal.
0: No. Do you always have the same pregame meal?
2: At home, yeah, and on the road, yeah, I switch it up in between. So on the on at home, I'll have mostly pasta, and on the road, I'll have uh fish.
0: I'm gonna look up your stats from road to home. <laughs> stuff, figure out <laughs> what you should be doing. Um, yeah. Okay, what about a Torch, yeah.
2: What? What do you want to like know? A, like, like a, a meat pie. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my
0: wife's family is French and she always, her mom would make this thing. There's no chance I'm ever touching this. No, Are you a un- big meat
1: pie kind uh, of guy? No, it's unbelievable.
2: Tiltia yeah, I was going to say, what's wrong
1: with you, Wally? Tiltia is like the best uh, thing. Like we, no. we crush it with ketchup all the time. Oh yeah,
2: you put oh yeah, you put heavy ketchup on it too.
1: Big time. <laughs> that's
2: it's, oh, that's it's because funny.
1: you got to get rid of the flavor. No, no the flavor is really good. There's like spices in it. It's really, it, if you get a good one, it's legit. Yeah, if you get one from Quebec, it's good, hundred percent. Uh, well, inbox. this
0: will lead into our always our favorite question, and that is, if you're at home, you're watching your movie, what's your favorite cheat snack?
2: Oh, candies, hundred percent. Okay, what kind of candy? Big, you know, any kind of them. Any okay, kind. Right, I'm I'm a, big, honestly, <laughs> I'm a big. Honestly, uh, I'm a big. I barely eat chocolate or chips but i just i i can i can dummy bags of candies like i love candies any kind of um, skittles or like i don't know gummy bears or sour patch kids (laughs) whatever it is i just whether it's sweet sour it doesn't matter i just i love candies that's my that's my thing
1: gummy bears you said gummy bears do you get that like from the the corner stores now? like the <laughs> not, not these guys. No. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh,
0: DJ Smith is now, I mean, he's been behind the bench for two years. What is your impression of DJ Smith and how he's been able to coach this hockey team?
2: It's been good. It's been good. He's a, he's a very good players coach. I mean, you he, he, he can always get to him. Uh, talk to him and and he understands what you think. And obviously he played the game as well. So that always helps. And um, I mean, he's, he's, he's made that group better for sure. I think you've seen it this year, just how, um, how we started from last, last season to this season that we just finished and how well we finished the season. I think he's, he's trying, he's trying to create an identity for our team and um, to really work every single day. And it happened a lot this year in practices that he had to bowl the whistle and make sure that, um, we knew what we were doing and we knew that we're not just practicing. We want to really build this team to, to, to be successful in the years to come. And I mean, he's been great. And, And personally to me, he's been great as well. He's always been, um, helping me on being the best defenseman I can be. Um, and obviously working a lot on my defensive game and, Uh, he's helped me a lot with that. That's for sure.
0: The one thing I remember is anytime I was at practice and it didn't happen all the time, obviously, is you two would have long chats. It would seem at the end of practice and occasionally not all the time. Is is that strictly hockey or is there a lot of life chats just going on in those, in those chats?
2: You know, you know, that's what's fun with DJ is most of the time you'll see him before practice, just talking, whether it's to me or talking with guys on the team. And uh, you can go from talking to To certain plays from last game or the way you play to strictly talking about I don't know brahm one of equipment guy or you 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 talk about anything right that's what's nice is is yes, when it's time to play hockey and talk game he's he's always there, but uh you'll see him a lot uh talking to the players even after practice once we're off the ice to just talk about life and talk about funny things and insane stories, so I think that's definitely something guys really appreciate is. Uh, you definitely can have a normal and, and non hockey related conversation with DJ.
0: Brommer continues to be the, the most mentioned person on our podcast. He's um, a beauty, that guy.
2: <laughs> beauty. <Unbelievable. laughs> He's the best. Yeah. yeah. The uh, best father,
0: before we let you go, what is uh, next year going to look like for the Ottawa Senators? Is there any question that this is a playoff bound team?
2: I, I, I do think so I think we'll be we really have a good chance obviously we we know uh, what we have right now and we definitely want to keep um, adding pieces to our team to make our team even uh, stronger and better but I think um, starting next season I think we got to realize that it starts right away and it's it's not going to be any easier even if we go back to the uh, Atlantic division. Uh, when you look at the teams that are there, it's, it's still really tough to get a spot in the playoffs. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for sure, but, um, I think our group really believes in it.
0: I lied. I should never say last question. I forgot to ask you about Artem Zub. And for the guy that no one really knows anything about, what can you tell us about Artem Zub?
2: We, uh, we don't know a whole lot either. He doesn't really speak (laughs) a whole lot of English, but, um, But no, without messing around, I think he's he's he's. You guys seen how good he is? I think the as the, as the season went along, I think he adapted really well to the the style of play of hockey there's uh, here in the NHL. And um, I mean, I skated with him before the season started, just just playing games and three on three. And honestly, it's it's you can't get by the guy. He's just the way he plays defensively. It's just he's so strong and he plays the game so well that. Um, mm. Obviously, I think it's it's he's gonna be a, definitely a big piece in, in what we're gonna be in the next couple of years. And um I think he's he's got his first season under the belt and I think he's just gonna keep on improving. Um I don't think we've seen a whole lot of it, but I think he can actually make a lot of plays and and make some nice, really nice plays. I mean, he scored a few goals this year that you're kinda like, okay, like I didn't you didn't really see it yeah. coming, but like I think he has that in the bag as well that uh that's really gonna help us.
0: Uh, finally, I'm sorry. I always do this is I, I'm going to put you on the spot and there's been a lot of chat about this top four D that the Ottawa senators need to acquire. Is that because you need someone to play on your right side? Or is it for somewhere else? Do you need, like, who do you need to be a D partner with?
2: You know what? It's, 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 it's a good question. Cause definitely if we want to be a team that makes it when you watch those teams, um I don't know Tampa that won last year their top four is very very strong I mean uh um, yeah. the year that you guys um uh, went all the way to the to the almost to the Stanley Cup I mean the top four was solid it was a lot of talent strong defensemen so um I mean if we want to get there as a team it's definitely an important piece and I think we have some younger guys coming as well that uh, could play in that role um uh, too but um I mean for me playing, it's, it's, I've always tried and, and, and get along with my partner and just whatever he does and whatever I do, obviously I'm a guy that likes to get the fuck. So it's always nice to have a guy that will give it to you. But um, other than that, it's not, I'm not very specific to be honest with you. It's, it's always been pretty, uh, pretty smooth.
1: Yeah. And he puts you on, that's a tough question to answer if you're a current player, because obviously you're not going to throw anybody under the bus. I don't even expect you to comment on that. I think from Wally and I, from watching you guys, especially with you, Shabby, I think you you need a guy that can really move the puck well, but I think more importantly, you just need a little more depth. So, again, thank you for that answer. We know there's not a whole lot you can say, but yeah. I think we can all agree that if there's an opportunity for the team to find maybe a top four guy, even if it means putting him on the second pairing or whatever, I think the team would do it.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Shabby, we, we appreciate you your, your time, yeah.
0: and, and, and if Meth ever uh, asks you to go golfing, don't be afraid to Ask me at the same time, <laughs> okay? I appreciate right, your time. Night. Have a great yeah, Sunday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, time for On the Points, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash Wally and Mathot. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds makers. Head over to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally and Methot to get in on the action. Must be 19 years or older. Okay, Meth, I made you stop earlier on in the headlines. Didn't want to get into it now. Let's talk about who's going to win these two semifinal series. And let's start. By the way, first time in 150 days there is no NHL hockey on television. That, of course, will start tomorrow as the Islanders take on Tampa. But first, let's get to the Vegas Montreal game. And that is,
2: hmm.
0: who are
1: you taking? I've got Vegas. I've been wrong about Montreal every single <laughs> series so far, but at some point you got to think that I'll be correct here. But I, I, I am. I am in, a, in some weird way cheering on Montreal because they're the underdog, but I quite yeah. frankly think Vegas is going to overwhelm them. I think they're just a little better in just about every area of their game. So I'm going to go with Vegas and six just because I like their makeup. I like how deep they are, uh, especially up front. I think their D cores match up a little bit. I think Montreal's D is probably a little bit better defensively, but you got a little more offense out of that Vegas D, especially with that top pairing. Petrangelo was an absolute beast this past series. Um, uh, Martinez is really good too he's, he's played very well it's a very good pairing their minutes are very well balanced I just think Vegas's forward group led by Mark Stone yeah. will be a little too much for Montreal so I'm going to go with uh, with Vegas and six
0: it's inter- okay who's going to be the leading scorer in that series
1: oh I could be a homer I guess I don't want to say a homer I'm not <laughs> playing for Vegas like I always claim to be uh, yeah. but I'm going to I'm just going to I'm just going to go with the sure thing right now because he's a fun guy to cheer for in Mark Stone. I'm okay. expecting big things. He likes to elevate his games, his play when the games are really on the line. I'm going to go with Stone.
0: He does love playing against Montreal, and he was really good in the Montreal series, despite that, I remember the micro-fracture whole incident That's with right. P.J. Subban. Um, however, I, so first of all, I'm going to take Vegas in five. I think if they oh. get back to Vegas, they can wrap it up. But if it gets to Montreal sure. in six, the game, is, the series will go seven. I think... Just Montreal can probably win with home ice. Um, I can see Jonathan Marchessot uh, becoming the leading scorer Only right. He's been but the good. thing is, I think Marc-André Fleury and Jonathan Marchusot, like the French Canadians who are gonna end up going into Montreal and
1: having that atmosphere,
0: and they've oh, probably they all grown it. up, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's
1: how that's how I felt. The same yeah. thing. I
0: get it. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I I think so probably has the big event here, and we'll see if it can continue on. All right. Nice. So I here we go. Uh, we've got both Vegas. I'm gonna take Vegas in five. Meth is going in six. Now let's move on to the Islanders, Tampa. And there's no way, Matthew, you can take the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is no unconscionable. You cheer against Jean Gabriel Pagot.
1: I have them going. I, I've got I've got Tampa going the whole way. So yes, I'm going with Tampa. I think this. I think this another great matchup though in Barry Trotz. And the way the Islanders play now that where they've gone basically from one of the worst defensive teams to one of the best, especially as of late. So I think it's a hell of a matchup. I just think Tampa is just, again, another situation where they're just going to overwhelm them. They're scoring by committee. They're getting good production out of everybody. Their decor is sick. Their goaltending is sick. i got Tampa in six. I like the number six on both these series. i got to give the benefit to the Islanders a little bit. I think they'll get a couple games. But I don't believe it'll go to seven. I still think Tampa in six is the pick here. So
0: when the Islanders win in six, will you bring on Jean-Gabriel pajot and apologize publicly for taking yeah, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning?
1: Yeah, sure. I don't yeah. I mean, again, I hope Pedro does very well. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. I just think Tampa's that much better. I feel like we need to have some kind of bet on this. We can I don't know what it is. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it okay. out. Why don't we uh, why don't we sleep on this and our next show we'll come okay. forward with what our bet is.
0: Okay, that's fine. Uh, who do you think is going to be the leading scorer with the with this series? It could uh, be either team.
1: I'm going with the uh the the controversial Nikita Kucherov <laughs> and and how he's miraculously come back to play after missing an entire year. It's been investigated.
0: It's it's nothing it's,
1: crazy. Oh, oh, it's and, all about oh, yeah. board. Yes, and I don't it's and everything's been done. Within the legal measures of the NHL. So I, I'm not going to be here complaining, but I do think Kucherov's the guy. He's been he's been unbelievable. Oh. Just watching him and the confidence that he's playing with right now is incredible. So for me, he's the no-brainer. The one thing that's impressive though is the fact
0: that he's come back with a year off that's what at I mean playoff time when the playoff hockey is on a different level and he's yeah. still dominant.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. And 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 regardless I can't, of all I, the other stuff. I can't say to you how difficult that is to do as a player. Like, I really can't emphasize that enough. It's one thing to go out there and play a, a, a very easy defensive game where you're whacking the puck up the wall. But to go back in there and look like you haven't missed a beat offensively to me is no short of a miracle. So good for him. That's how special of a player is.
0: And now I, I want to just point out, one, I think Brock Nelson will be the leading scorer. Two, that Tampa has allowed five times they've allowed three goals or more in a game. I think... Yeah that the Islanders can get to them and they're going to play that annoying in your face, oh, yeah. pressurized hockey game that they play. I, yep. I'm i going to go, the Islanders are going to win this in six and
1: they're wow. going to the cup final. <laughs> That's a heck of a pick. I like this. Okay. So you've got the Islanders in six. I've yeah. got the Tampa Bay lightning in six. Okay. Can't wait for all the, right. whatever
0: we're going to do to win. I want a million dollars from you. But um, it's,
1: it's all, it's also interesting. I just want to add one last bit. This is two very good coaches going yeah. at it here. So it's going yeah. to be a chess match as well. It's actually an incredibly intriguing uh, series for me. I'm, I'm very excited for this one. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun. This semifinal, I can't handle
0: calling it the semifinal when it's used to always be the conference final, but yeah. uh, this semifinal on both sides should be very interesting to keep track of. And we will sure. uh, with all our Sports Interaction picks. But those are the picks for now. Now go make yours at sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought. Sports Interaction. Competitive odds on all sports. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. You're watching the Wally ama Thought Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. All right, welcome back to the Wally ama Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Head on over to 555 Dealership Drive in Barhaven where they're paying top dollar on trade-ins with no obligation to purchase. All right, Math, time now for 3 for 3, presented by Faces Magazine. Check out the latest article on Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who's headed to the Stanley Cup final, uh, and more at facesmag.ca. You completely missed that. I basically said Tampa is going to lose. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even
1: notice. Anyway.
0: I know. I, I All right. Uh, number one could you beat logan paul in a fight of course this stems from the uh, fight he just had um i just i don't know why we're spending time on this it just blows my mind that the guy i think just made like 20 million dollars yeah. for no real reason
1: yeah well i mean he's 26 he's a youtuber and you know him and his brother have been through a lot of controversial stuff but we're talking yeah. about it because he because he just fought arguably the goat of boxing in floyd mayweather so it's 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 newsworthy and. First of all, to answer your question, absolutely not. This guy, what people what people need to understand is that these brothers, despite all their shortcomings, have been completely dedicated. They've completely dedicated themselves to the sport of boxing, to fighting, and sparring, and training, and they've been doing it now for years. Now, can they beat a seasoned boxer, you know, in the same weight class? Obviously not, because we're, we're comparing apples to oranges. A guy that is used to doing YouTube, to a seasoned fighter who's been doing it their entire life, but the point is, I think what I'm trying to say here is that we have to respect them, respect the hustle. No, look at it, look, look at it. They're grabbing eyeballs, they're making I money, know. I know, and they're doing their thing. I didn't contribute to it because I knew it would be a joke. The I, you know, the fight from what I understand wasn't great. There was a no, lot. No, that's hugging. the problem. But, but but what do you? Well, okay, but look, Logan Paul is not going to trade punches with Floyd Mayweather. You're not it.
0: No, I think you it's gotta, the other way around. I think Floyd Mayweather just wants the paycheck and will just stand around. Of course around he just wants the paycheck. He's hit. retired. Of course so he does. Who are all these people giving up hundreds of millions
1: of dollars? I want Pigeons. you all to admit it. Pigeons. Don't forget
0: shopwallymathod.com just... for that.
1: <laughs> people are just, no, it's simple. And, I, and I'm not faulting the people. A bunch of my buddies got together, and I was invited, obviously, to go watch the fight. And I'm like, what? So you want me to stay up until... Two in the morning to watch a YouTuber fight Floyd Mayweather. Who this is clearly a money grab. Most fights are, but especially in this case. And then Chad Johnson Ocho Cinco fought earlier on in that fight as well in the yes. prelims. And and I mean he was on the card and he did pretty well too. So I respect it. This is a new thing that's happening now where these fights through Triller and other corporations or businesses are are promoting these fights and they're doing well and they're making money and they're getting they're drawing eyeballs and fans. Uh, to the pay-per-view tickets so I mean hats off to them I respect the hustle Uh, no I would never be able to beat up any of these guys or fight any of these guys because they'd made they'd literally feed me my own lunch I've never trained I did a lot of boxing training earlier on in my life uh, for about four years but they're on another level
0: was Eric Carlson one of the guys who spent the money
1: Uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask him, but it wouldn't change my feelings toward him. It just sucks. Uh, To touch on that, though, being here on the East, it's brutal. Like, whenever they're, because I'm a big fight fan, I like to watch UFC and boxing, huge fan of all of them. I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan. I'm a Bronze Bomber fan. Uh, All these guys, like, I watch them all, but I just can't justify staying up that late. It sucks. I hate having to crack a beer open at 10, 10, 11, or even 12 p.m. to watch the main event. It's too late
0: you're so old i love it all right I know. Uh, number 2 how do you prefer to vacation hotel with a pool
1: cottage yeah. near the river rv at a campsite or just stay home depends so the stay home if it has to involve my children i love them to death that <laughs> is not that, that is not it's not a vacation for me to take them somewhere i always we, <laughs> i joke about this with with my wife ellie all the time whereas what so leave the comfort of my home with all my amenities here And go somewhere where there's more work and less toys for the kids Uh, or stay home. But if I can leave and pawn the kids over to my in-laws and go somewhere, I would choose in a heartbeat going down south where I'm on a beach. I love the ocean. That is my pride and joy. Anytime I can get in that salt water and just heal, that's what I do.
0: You know what the thing is with, with the kids that age? It's so much gear you've got to put in the back. The it's stroller, the playpen,
1: so, all the toys. Like, so for you and Craig, it's different because your kids are yeah. all a little older. For me, my kids are taught, to- my kids are basically both toddlers. They're babies in a way. Yeah. Too much work. Like I, I just couldn't. <laughs> like I, I would literally have a panic attack on a vacation. I, I want you to take them camping. That's what I want. No, I have hard <laughs> enough time camping. We have a cottage that has air conditioning, by the way. And I yeah, still refuse to go off there with the kids. It's just, I don't enjoy it. Once they're older and they can they can go on the boat, they can fish with me. Those things, then I'll go. I'll go up there more often. Right now, it's an empty property that my parents are having to look after <laughs> while I stay home in Ottawa. So good. All
0: right, uh, number yeah. three, uh, best road trip sandwich. Is it the PB and J, the egg salad, tuna salad,
1: or the ham and cheese? Yeah, well, I like this one. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm partial to the egg sandwich for almost any occasion. But just a tidbit for when I was on the road, particularly in the playoffs, and I forget the name of the place, but we were in Boston. And I don't know if we've said that we've talked about this before, but the best lobster rolls I've ever had were in Boston. And it's a thing that I go to now. I'd have to go to the Yeah, I've name. heard about it's this. A small, it's a small chain, but it's incredible. Yes. You kind of go in order style, like at the counter. It's not like you're sitting down in a restaurant, but awesome. Lobster rolls are my go-to whenever I can find a good lobster roll. Wow. Okay, so but if you're you? driving for a ten hour trip
0: and you've got to make a sandwich, what sandwich? You're making an egg sandwich.
1: Egg sandwich in a cooler because obviously yeah. you can't let it rot there in a right. hot car. But egg sandwich. So, uh, do you put anything in it? Yep. I uh, I'll add. Uh, what do I add for spice? I'll usually add a little cayenne pepper. Uh-huh. Um, and I chop up green onion and celery as well. Throw it in there with a little bit of mustard and mayo, and I mix I it, it all like up in the salad. bowl and lather it on the bread.
0: And and yeah. mayo like yeah. when did your parents when they made you sandwiches for school put butter on the bread
1: <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean sometimes uh, but my dad was always the guy that made egg sandwiches there was never any butter on the bread uh, uh but you knew but, it was but i always knew it was my old man when he was making a sandwich because it was either a mock chicken sandwich or an egg salad sandwich there was nothing else
0: i love egg salad by the way i'll put the uh, relish in it uh which nice. makes it a it's, it's I actually anyway, and, it's a good idea yeah and celery and celery that. is good too but Yep. My mom would make us sandwiches for school, PB and J, and you could take peanut butter back then. There weren't yeah, peanut allergies you had to worry about. Um, and she would like, it was real butter. So it was a thick layer of butter, then the peanut butter. And then I just want, I, I Can will you not never. not make your kids,
1: ha- so you can't send your kids to school anymore with peanut butter?
0: No, no, not oh, till high Jesus. school. Jesus, Are you kidding so, me? So do the sun butter. It's, a, it's I can't a big, roll my
1: eyes back hard enough
0: after hearing no, that. Don't, anyway. No, there's lots of peanut allergies. You got to take care of everybody. Yeah, no chocolate. I don't think no peanuts. <laughs> also, no fun. You can't have any fun. Yeah, um, no.
1: Yeah, fun sponge. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> let's continue. Uh,
0: fun. Uh, no, that's it. We're we're out of here. Um, right. That is three for three. Presented by Faces Magazine. Lots of great stories at Faces Magazine. FacesMag.ca, I should say. Also follow them on Twitter at Faces Ottawa. All right, meth, uh, Before we go to take a break here, um, a little bit of sad news. We got a pass away on Thursday. Uh, Blair Tetro, a good friend of ours, passed away. And many of you may not know his name, but you're well aware of his work. Uh, Blair was a live sports broadcaster. Uh, he was a director. He was a technical director. He was a producer. Uh, but more than that, he was just a great friend and a really great father. Uh, he'll be sadly missed. Now, here's a, just a great story, though. In 2018, Blair was directing. Uh, it was a, a regional game between Ottawa and Edmonton in Ottawa. And so Blair was directing the Edmonton version for Sportsnet. His son, Scotty who's a great friend of ours, was directing the Ottawa side of things. So father and son directing the same show, two different broadcasts. It was really a a great moment for everybody, and especially one for Blair and for Scotty, how proud they were to work almost side by side. And so um, from Craig and Mark and I, we want to pass on our deepest condolences to the Tetro family and, of course, to Scotty, and uh, just wanted to say we're here for you. So um, Blair Tetro uh, passed away on Thursday, 62 years young. Um, The Walling Thought Show will return right after this. All right, welcome back to the William and Thought Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Craig joins us now. Craig, so apparently you've got some news to share.
3: Yeah, so we've been, we've been doing this show, episode 28. Boys, we've done 28 of these. That's amazing. I mean, I can remember back when we were just talking about starting to do these and trying to wrap our heads around doing one. Yeah.
4: So anyways, yeah.
3: you know, we've, we've done 28 of these now, and um, it's time to start kind of mixing it up, trying some new things. Uh, I, think we've, I think we've got the, the interview show down pretty good so now i w- we want to add something different so i've convinced you to to allow us to do a live show so we're going to start well, you've convinced meth i've convinced mark Mathos to allow us to do <laughs> a live show and reluctantly tugged brent, brent along with us so that's going to be fun um, i so am yeah. a creature
0: of habit and yeah. i don't like you messing with my schedule and now i'm terrified
3: yeah, I feel bad about that, but I'm a creature of constant, <laughs> constantly evolve and try new things. I think you guys are gonna love it. I think fans are gonna love it. It's a great opportunity for us to chat with them, provide them something real time. So, uh, our next show, which will uh, be on Monday, we're gonna go live at noon Eastern on our YouTube channel, at, uh, Wally Mathai. So it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. I don't know. You're excited, Matt. You're excited, right?
1: I'm ecstatic. <laughs> no i i am excited. it's a nice little i think it's gonna be a nice change and a different uh, a different sort of structure to the show that we can look forward to doing maybe kind of it just adds a little bit of an element of change for us and again makes wally a little more uncomfortable too which is nice
3: <laughs> yeah so i think we'll start i think we'll start we're, we're no guests on the live show to start because let's hey Let's get this thing working first before we start adding too many bells and whistles. So sure. we're going to have a kind of a more free flow and live show. People can ask questions. We'll tell stories. Uh, we'll talk about the timely stuff. It'll be great. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to bring some of our sponsors with us. Maybe we'll give stuff away. I don't know. We're going to do lots of fun things. Um, but speaking of giving things away, guess what time it is, boys? That's right. <laughs> it's time for trivial Trivia. So we're going to give away some free stuff today um and today we've got a bone saw sauce prize pack to give away so bone saw <laughs> turning up the heat on hot sauce so today's question uh well actually it's from our last show was how many times did ken hitchcock and lindy ruff talk about the 1999 stanley cup winning goal the answer just once so that was a great little story that uh, ken hitchcock told on uh, on our show uh and congrats to at eric underscore lacroix eric uh you just scored yourself a bunch of sweet hot, hot sauce from bone sauce sauce uh we are gonna uh, shoot a dm to you shortly so keep an eye on that um some great locally made hot sauce be sure to check it out if you haven't already bone want to do today's question it's a good one yeah thomas Chabot, how good was that thomas Shabbat interview you guys killed that i mean i love yeah, i love the way so our interviews good. are going Ah. Oh. Those are so good. So okay. uh, in honor of Thomas Shabbat, who mentioned he's playing a little golf, Brent, you played a little golf recently. M- Mark Mathot and I have not sworn a golf club this year, so that's not good. I, I don't know if it's considered playing golf. I was out and I had sticks in my hands. You whacked it around. You got to go to Edgewood. <laughs> hey, guess what? Speaking of Edgewood, our dear friends at Edgewood, uh, we got another foursome uh, with power cards to give away. Uh, if you can answer this uh, extremely difficult question from our thomas shabbat interview earlier today which is which teammate would thomas shabbat shabbat kick out of the car first it's a nice little question brent asked him. so if you post your answer on twitter using the hashtag WallyMathot and tag at edgewood links uh to enter a uh, contest closes sunday june 12 at midnight and you can book your tea time today at edgewoodlinks.com it's exciting though boys are you guys you know, matt you gonna golf anytime soon here uh, the weather's nice. i don't
1: know probably not i'm I've, i would love to get out but it's hard with the two kids so it's so hard probably to just keep out hibernating.
3: Like, yeah the, i know hey i'm gonna leave for six hours yeah it does it's hard to do once you got kids so yeah. hopefully we can find a time the three of us get around and knock some knock some golf balls around we'll
0: just strap them into the golf cart mess <laughs> they'll like it bring the dogs yeah, sure too oh uh, yeah okay <laughs> Uh, Alright, also, uh, don't forget you can order mugs and t-shirts at shop.wallumathod.com and of course, if you like the content, please uh, like and subscribe us on our YouTube channel. That is our show for sh- episode 28. I also realized uh, when Craig brought it up, the, reali- re- uh, the reason we haven't probably killed each other for the first 28 episodes, we're all in different spots. Yeah. So, once we, once we get to the same room, it it may be over after 35 episodes. Um <laughs> Thanks for watching the well, I'm A Thought Show powered by Bar Haven Ford. Let's uh, drive on out of here, Matt. See you later.
1: All right. See you guys.